What's the deal with toxic family structure? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So the deal with toxic families is kind of weird, right? We start off with a narcissist. In our case, the type of family that we're discussing begins with a narcissist. The narcissist is usually either the mother or the father of the family and they're the central point for everyone in the family. Everybody in the family kind of moves around the narcissist, right? So how does that look? Well, sometimes both parents are narcissists or one parent is an enabler or a codependent while the other is a narcissist. So one parent is the iron fist and the other parent is the supporter of the iron fist, right? So today we're just going to run down the cast. We're going to run down the list of the types of narcissistic family members, toxic family members, okay, that there are. Now, we'll go into details on these as we move forward in our work together. Beginning with the narcissist, like I said, it's usually the mom or the dad of the family, the parent, and it's the person who everyone revolves around in the family. They might have NPD, they criticize everybody in the family, they expect everyone to be exactly what they want. They might even compete with their children or their spouse. They obviously have no boundaries, and if you have any, they'll step right all over them. Uh, of course, they have boundaries regarding their own selves and their own feelings, just not regarding you or your feelings. They manipulate you, they terrorize you, they abuse you verbally, sometimes emotionally, sometimes physically, they abuse you. They'll shame you, gaslight you, project their own bad qualities onto you, and expect you to become many versions of themselves. If you don't do that, oh, my stars, you'll pay for it for life. Now, like I said, the other parent is usually either an enabler or a codependent, or they are also a narcissist. Now, if they are an enabler, like I said, we're looking at someone who holds the narcissist up, right? We're looking at someone who enforces the narcissist rules, does the narcissist bidding, oftentimes behaves like an internal flying monkey, so to speak, when it comes to the family. They are also a victim. They have been manipulated. They have been abused themselves by the narcissist in most cases. So as they avoid attack, they often are seeking rewards, as in they want affection and love and big hugs and nice things from the narcissist. So sometimes it causes them to throw their children under the bus. It's kind of a horrible thing. But I'm here to tell you that those who are educating themselves, even those who are still in that enabler role, those who are still educating themselves today, those people who are learning, things are going a little different. Okay. And I just want to point this out because I don't want anyone who's watching this video right now to think, oh, am I doing that to my children? If you're not, for example, I spoke to a client today who is from all the way across the globe in a culture that does not in any way promote females as equals and yet she has been watching these videos and has told her children her daughters that they don't have to accept less than they deserve even though she herself feels stuck in her situation she is breaking the cycle for her daughters and I think it's a beautiful thing so do not fear that what I'm talking about is necessarily connected to you personally okay let's carry on next up we've got the golden child and the golden child as you all know is the kid who can do no wrong in the family the kid that the family hangs all its hopes on and the parents always compare the other children to they can't do any wrong they have special status in the family they get special privileges a lot of times it's the, the child that the uh, narcissistic parent identifies with most closely and many times happens to be the highest achieving child in the family at least in childhood of course as you all know there's no 
cemented place in a family like this for anyone except the narcissist. So often the, the golden child will be moved into other position as, you know, days and years go by. So be aware of that. Because in a toxic family, the roles, they're fluid, unfortunately. So you might have played the golden child sometimes and the scapegoat child sometimes and sometimes the lost child and everything in between. And in fact, that's what we're talking about next, the scapegoat child. So the scapegoat child is that kid who usually is kind of the catch-all, the one who is blamed for everything that's happening in the family, the child who is fair game for abuse, the child who, when anybody does anything wrong, gets blamed for it, whether it's the golden child or the scapegoat child or the lost child that we're talking about next. And in some families, the, nar the narcissists will actually scapegoat more than one child. And like I said, since those roles are fluid, Sometimes the golden child becomes a scapegoat child and vice versa. The scapegoat child, unlike, you know, whereas the golden child might be most likely to really, oh, we have to hold up the family values, we have to support the family and do all the things the family wants. Well, the scapegoat child is more likely to be a rebel. I was a scapegoat child myself. Uh, the scapegoat child is usually the one who is like questioning authority. The scapegoat child is the one that doesn't fit into the little hole that they make for them. And the scapegoat child is the one that... While the narcissistic parents sometimes can t consider the scapegoat child like a a pain in the ass, <laughs> and again, is the one that gets blamed for everything, the scapegoat child actually a lot of times turns out to be the one to break the cycle in this whole toxic family situation. And what I mean by break the cycle is break the cycle for the generations that happen after them. Because whether we like to admit it or not, a lot of these behaviors that we pick up and that are toxic counterparts pick up are a direct result of the way we and they were raised in toxic families. Now let's talk about the lost child. Not everybody recognizes the lost child, which is ironic because it's a lost child. This is a lot of times the middle kid, but not always. It's, it's the kid who, you know, keeps their nose clean, kind of blends into the wall a little bit, doesn't get a lot of attention from anybody and doesn't say a lot. It's the kid who might go off and do drugs and never be found out because the parents don't pay enough attention. This is the kid who, in between all the trouble the scapegoat's getting in and all the problems or all the, you know, <laughs> praise that the good kid is getting, the, the, the golden child, this is the kid lost in the middle somewhere. And a lot of us are also the lost child. Again, this can be a rotating setup here. Toxic family structure that often involves a narcissist. It begins with the narcissist, who's kind of the center of the family. The narcissist then creates individual roles for each child in the family. Usually we have a golden child, we have a, a scapegoat child, and we have a lost child. Well, the golden child is the one that can do no wrong, the one that's the perfect child that's held up and raised up above the others and to which the others are always compared. Then you've got, of course, your scapegoat child, who's the problem child. The scapegoat child gets blamed for everything. And then there's the lost child. This child is the one that's quiet, has their back up against the wall, doesn't cause a lot of waves, does pretty well in school, might be a little bit artistic. You know the one. The child who might find themselves in big trouble at some point in their lives. Often, the lost child is so quiet that the parents often say, oh, that child's such a blessing, they don't cause any trouble, there's no big deal. But then when they do find themselves in trouble, it's big trouble and it's fast. Today we're going to talk about how we can help that child in childhood and as they get older, and how we can heal if we were the lost child in our family. This is a question that someone 
someone asked me earlier this week in a live chat, one of my morning live chats. When we're talking about a lost child, we often notice that their needs, their thoughts, their feelings are discounted all the way across the board. This is the child whose needs are not being served on any level. It's like they're invisible. They don't get blamed by the parent and they don't get praised from the parent. This is the child who just seemingly doesn't exist in the family. The basic needs of this kid are ignored all the way, like I said, all the way across the board. Essentially, this child is just alone. This child finds it really hard to let anybody in to their kind of private world. There are no natural or easy connections with this child and other people because they feel very lonely and isolated. They get depressed, but they are also, on the plus side, very independent. Since they never felt valuable as a kid, they don't feel valuable as an adult as they grow up or as a teenager. They feel unlovable. They feel like they're not deserving of trust. They don't even think that their thoughts are worth hearing. These, unfortunately, are the children who fall into substance abuse, you know, drugs, alcohol, things like that, uh, sex addiction, eating disorders, gambling, other kinds of addictive behaviors. It's very dangerous. You have to understand that the roles that the narcissistic parent gives these children, the scapegoat, the golden child, and the lost child, has nothing to do with benefiting the children. It's all about self-serving. It's all about what they, the narcissistic parents, want and need from their family. Since the lost child is not used to having any sort of attention, they don't expect it in their life. They don't seek it out in their life. These are not the kids who become narcissists later most of the time. But since they become self-reliant, they sometimes have twisted ideas of what life is all about and especially because they came out of a toxic home as you know when they do go out of the home when they move out a lot of times people forget they're even there you know if they're at school they might be the kid in the back of the room that nobody speaks to or thinks about or kind of forgets that kids there sometimes they don't join the clubs they don't join the groups these are the kids who are out back smoking well at least that's what it was when I was a kid now they're probably out back vaping but whatever if they're involved with a group they're involved with a group of sort of similar kids, outcast type kids. It's dangerous and this is part of the reason that sometimes they get on the wrong side of the law as they get older. Then there are those who choose to throw themselves into school. They get good grades, they do, you know, they go to the best colleges, they do all the right things and they still never ever get noticed. But these are the ones that are driven by the need for approval that they will never receive from their parents. If you meet a lost child out in the world, they're probably going to seem really shy and introverted to you. But in real life, they're just quiet. They're disconnected from themselves and they're disconnected from other people. This isolation will kind of go with them throughout their lives, even when they do become adults and get into relationships, which is very unfortunate for them. They are soft-spoken. They are more likely to read a book or watch TV or play video games or whatever because it avoids conflict. They don't really want to deal with people. They don't like conflict. They might be artistic. They might be musical. And quite often, they're very genuinely talented individuals. But since they don't want to be hurt, they're always looking to avoid getting too close to anybody. And if they do happen to trust someone enough to get into a relationship with them, they seem really dependent and really needy to that person if that person doesn't really understand what they're dealing with. Now, if they never get healed, if they never go through the process, the healing process that they need, like I said, they can become addicts, they can become alcoholics, etc., etc. But what the sad part of this whole deal is, is their cycle continues. So they often become the absentee parent or the parent who can't be emotionally connected to their children. It's really terrible. Of course, obesity is an issue for the lost child, as can be anorexia, as can be addiction to internet or video games, like I mentioned, as can be overwork. You know, they might become workaholics 
whatever it is, they're going to throw themselves into something and we just have to hope it's something healthy, which not always. It's not usually something healthy. But on the plus side, they do work well alone. They are self-reliant. They are very often quite intelligent and well-read people. And if you give them a chance and they get close enough to you, they can become great listeners. So how do you help a lost child? Well, if the lost child is your child, the first thing you should do is get your kid into some counseling or therapy to help them to find and express the rage that they must have been building up over all of these years as the lost child and their fear. There's a significant amount of fear in a lost child because quite often they have questions, they have concerns, they have things they want to talk about and there's nobody there for them. If you have been in a relationship with a narcissist and you have noticed that your narcissist has categorized these children of yours in this way, you still have time to repair those relationships and hopefully help that child to break out of that role. Now, it's going to require some professional intervention in most cases, but not always. They have to recognize the pain of the past. They have to acknowledge basically their core wound and they have to take it to the next level of healing. I would recommend that you take a look at the playlist. I will try to remember to link to it up here on my YouTube channel called Healing the Inner Child. That will be very helpful for anyone in this situation, but lost children especially can benefit from it. Now, if you yourself are the lost child, you've got to, again, recognize the pain, recognize the core wound, realize the emotional emptiness that you've carried with you throughout your lifetime, and acknowledge that you are the lost child. Acknowledge that you came out of a toxic home. You were raised by toxic parents. Stop denying it and what I mean by that is we go through stages as we realize what's happening in our lives but recognize and own the fact that you came out of a toxic home and don't deny it no more denial if you can face what you've been through and you can acknowledge it and you can mourn what you lost and what you never had this is the first step to moving in the right direction toward healing for anyone once you and or your child has recognized the pain and and the situation and owned it for what it was, then you can face it and you can begin to form deeper relationships in your life, deeper relationship within yourself. You have to get to know yourself first. You can stop playing the victim. Not that I'm saying you're playing the victim, but if you have noticed yourself playing the victim, it's time to let go of that feeling and start to be on the team, whether the team is your current romantic situation or your current family situation, or it's a whole new team. Be team you. Learn to make decisions and set long-term goals in your life of a personal nature. You have to understand one of the biggest things here, and that is that as you heal, you're going to find out that you're not really weird. You're not really bad. There's not really anything wrong with you. It was just your family. It was just the broken person or people in your family who caused you to feel like the lost child. And if your parent was married to a narcissist and you suffered as a result of that, you have to understand that your parent did the very best that they could in that situation. If you are the parent of a child who you had with a narcissist or raised with a narcissist, you have to understand that you did the very best you could with that situation. You have to try to release the guilt, release the anger and start fresh and start with healing. Healing for a lost child is a family affair and what I mean by that is it's going to involve the child and anyone else who wants to remain in the child's life after the fact. One last thing, I'm going to give you a quick exercise to kind of show you what the healing needs to start to look like. As always, it's about changing, changing your perception of yourself and the world around you. 
And it starts like this. If you previously believed something like, why should I feel stuff? It really feels yucky. It's better if I just don't feel anything. If you previously thought, if I don't get emotionally involved, I won't get hurt. Or I can't make a difference anyway. Or it's better not to draw attention to myself. Now think I deserve attention. I do make a difference. I am of value. People do value me. If I don't get emotionally involved, I'll never have meaningful connections. You can't allow yourself and your child can't allow themselves to be defined by a narcissist. None of us can allow ourselves to be defined by a narcissist because the narcissist looks at us through an ugly, dirty, broken lens. We must learn, and every lost child on the planet must learn, every narcissist's child and adult child on the planet must learn to release the narcissist's perceptions Everything the narcissist told us was true about the world and rediscover the world for what it really is and who we really are. Rediscover ourselves. If you have additional questions, comments, concerns, things you want to talk about regarding how to help a lost child, please leave them in the comments below. If you'd like to talk about any other sort of toxic family structure or family role, leave it in the comments below and I'll make more videos about this if you're interested. For right now though, it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, do you see yourself in the toxic family structure? If you do, were you the lost child? Were you the scapegoat? Were you the golden child? Were you something else? Let me know in the comments below and let's have a good discussion about this. It always helps other survivors to know that they're not alone. That's all I've got for you right now. Thanks, as always, for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.